I want to start by asking you just one question. If you could describe yourself in just three words, how would you describe yourself? You see, this question got put to me as I got forced kicking and screaming into entering the competition. This competition was a remake of a classic TV programme called Blind Date. So this question got put to me. Contestant number two, if you could describe yourself in just three words, how would you describe yourself? The microphone got put in my face, the pressure of the crowd built, and I panicked. And the first thing I thought is the first thing that I said, and the first thing I said was, Jesus? <laughs> People were thinking, heretic, that's blasphemy. Who is this guy who claims to be Jesus? Naturally followed by mocking. When you think of the Jesus that you worship and follow, what's he like? What clothes does he wear? Is it a check shirt and chinos, or is it a toga? What's, is he white? What colours his hair? What's he like? You see, it's a biblical principle that what you worship and follow is what you're naturally going to become more and more like. The Bible puts it like this. What you behold, you'll become. So if you're worshiping the Jesus from Scripture, it's going to be amazing and phenomenal. But if you're worshiping the Jesus you've created yourself, you're just going to become more and more like yourself. A theologian wrote this. That God created humanity as like us and in his image, so we decided to return the favour. So we created Jesus that's shaped by our 21st century world. So for example, I could describe Jesus like this. He's white, he's got blonde hair, he's the perfect type for a man, just six foot four and a half. He's a radically inclusive guy, but is inclusive of all the same people I'm inclusive of. For the sake of justice, he's exclusive. But it helps because it's exclusive of all the same people I'm exclusive of, and all of a sudden it dawns on you wait a minute, this Jesus fella is a lot like me. So we have to keep on refreshing ourselves on the gospel narrative of who Jesus is. So we're going to look into Mark chapter 2, and the story goes like this There's these five friends, one of which was paralysed, and the fourth friend says to the paralysed guy that Jesus has just come back to town and he's on a mission to recreate and he could heal you too. On this day, Jesus is preaching in a house to the people of Capernaum. So the four guys take the paralysed guy to Jesus. On, on this day, so the four guys take the paralysed guy to Jesus. On this day, Jesus is preaching to the people of Capernaum. So the four friends take the paralysed guy to Jesus and tell him that he was on a mission to recreate. So but the house was rammed. Outside was heaving. And the four friends like, you've got to meet this Jesus guy. So we're going to get you up onto the roof. We're going to dig our way through. We're going to lower you down and you're going to get to meet Jesus. So that's exactly what they do. They get him up onto the roof. They dig the way through. They lower him down. And as they lower him down, Jesus sees this and he's like, wow, your faith is amazing. You must really believe that I am who I say that I am. You must really believe that I can help your friend. So Jesus walks up to the paralyzed guy. And this is the key moment. The moment where the one true king starts to establish his kingdom. He's like, son, your sins are forgiven. And there's this silence. 
like an awkward tumbleweed moment. People are thinking, that's not why he came. Can you not see? He went to all of this effort to meet you. The part of the guys thinking, I came so that you could heal me, so that I could walk again. Do you not see what my greatest need is? And essentially, Jesus was saying, I know what you think your greatest need is. And say he was here today. That you, me, all of us, we're all broken. We're physically broken. No one here can say they have the perfect body. Some are more able than others, but we're all broken. We're socially broken. In different groups, our insecurities rise. We end up doing stupid things. We're emotionally broken. We've done stuff in our past that has stuff done to us in our past that leaves us hurt and scarred. But above all this, we're spiritually broken. See, there's this thing called sin. And when we mess up, it gets in the way of our relationship with the Father. So Jesus says, I know that you think your greatest need is you need to walk again, and I get that. But your greatest need is reconciliation with the Father. So, son, your sins are forgiven. And now that you're reconciled with the Father, the Father that gives fullness of life, and all blessings flow from him, he can also have to bless you in other ways too. See, reconciliation is the key component, but now, take up your mat and walk. So where does this leave us today, G2? Maybe you feel like this paralysed man. Maybe you feel crushed. Maybe you feel like you're dying inside and you're just putting on a brave front. Well, Jesus can bring you to life. Think of who Jesus spent most of his time with. The answer is, those are also felt like we were dying inside. He spent time with the lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the adulterers, the blind, the addicted, the traumatically oppressed. Why? So he could break down the barriers that were robbing them from life. So he healed the leper. He opened the blind's eyes. He liberated the demonically oppressed. He set free the addicted. He befriended the tax collectors and prostitutes, breaking down barrier after barrier. So whatever barriers hold you back in life, you know that Christ can break them down. Whether it's a rubbish job, a broken relationship, an addiction to whatever, I don't know what they are, but Christ can give you the fullness of life. But like the paralyzed man, Maybe you constantly pray prayers like this. God, I'm hurting. God, I need healing. God, I need wisdom. God, I'm struggling financially. God, give me strength. Help me, God. And whilst there's nothing wrong with praying a prayer like that, realise that the prayer to pray the most is, God, I need your presence. God, I need more of you. God, I want to be overflowing with you. God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, I exalt you. You see, when you pray prayers like that, then your attitude changes from seeking your own agenda to seeking the agenda of the one true king. From being created in the image and likeness of yourself to be created in the image and likeness of Jesus, who reconciles you with the Father, and through this, our relationship with God is birthed. And maybe, without realising, you so want to do God's work, that you keep wanting God's power and, pre- uh, power and gifting of his presence. But I'll finish by telling you this. That I think excellence is overrated. I'd rather a church seeking passion and presence any day. Are you up for that? Yeah! yeah.